Thank you, everybody, and good morning to you all. Uh, for those who, who don't know me, my name is Ian Bickerstaff. I'm the Cap Centre Manager here at King's Church High Wycombe, and along with my colleague, Nicky Pearson, uh, we've been running the Cap Centre for five years. Cap is short for Christians Against Poverty. And as the name suggests, it's against poverty, specifically the poverty associated with unmanageable and overwhelming debt. Just to reassure you, we don't pay people's debts off for them. But we do come alongside them to help them manage their money. We arrange a budget for them and we will negotiate with creditors to arrange an affordable payment plan that they can afford to allow them so they can feed their families. We do home visits. Nikki or I will go with a befriender to their homes to look at their situation and work out a plan that works best for them. Talking of befrienders, have we got any befrienders who are here uh, at this service? Any befrienders, people who've been befrienders? Could you stand up? Just like to acknowledge these people. They're excellent at what they do. I I and Nikki could not do what we do without these people accompanying us. Thank you. You can sit down. Just please acknowledge them. Thank you. So also, as the name suggests, we are Christian. And we are very open about Jesus when we meet clients in their homes. We offer to pray with them. We share our faith with them. And to date, we've seen... 24 individuals come to a living personal faith in Jesus Christ through our visiting them and praying with them. In the five years since we've opened the debt centre, we've seen 46 families delivered from the curse of overwhelming debt, 17 of those in the last year. Uh, Thank you. What's that? Applause. Thank you. Rod Williams is our guest speaker from CAP Head Office. Uh, He is CAP's lead evangelist, and he's here to share a bit more about CAP and how they work. Please give him a very warm welcome. Bless you, mate. Cool. Good morning, King's Church. How are we all doing? Excellent. Well, it's fantastic to be with you this weekend. I really count it a privilege to be here, to be able to just share with you. And uh, and Richard was definitely right. He said that this was the better looking congregation. So uh, absolutely. Amen. Amen. So just to tell you a bit about what I do, I've been involved in the work of Christians Against Poverty now for 10 years. For five years, I ran a debt centre like Ian does here um, in, a, in a church in Widness. Widness is by Liverpool, so I run that debt centre for five years. Then I did an area manager role in, in the northwest for a couple of years. And more recently, I took up a role at CAP as their lead evangelist. So I get to travel around the country and I get to speak at outreach events that churches that run a CAP service they'll put on for the clients and I'll go and share my story and I also oversee a team of other evangelists that do likewise. So as an evangelist I've got an amazing role. I get to do this stuff and I get to mentor and equip emerging evangelists and last night we had a fantastic evening here. Um, Ian and Nikki put on a client event for their clients and we think we had about 25-30 clients here and it was incredible. And uh, the gospel was presented and testimony was shared. And we saw about seven or eight people respond to the gospel, including a whole family. How amazing is that? That's awesome. Really good. And uh, how many of you were there last night, actually? 
There's quite a few of you. Hey, wasn't the entertainment amazing? It wasn't it amazing? It was excellent. Um, I was the entertainment, by the way. No, <laughs> it was good. But I had the privilege of sharing my story. And for those who weren't there, I did what I call um, the real deal live. So I shared my story um, of how I overcame a life of crime, addiction, and prison 16 years ago. How I defied the odds. Yeah, amen, absolutely. And um, so I've got copies at the back, and we're doing a bit of a, I'm doing a bit of a, a, a real deal offer today. Normally, if on Amazon, they're 8 For a single copy today, you can have one for £7, but for £10, you get three copies. That's amazing. But you don't actually get the three copies. You get one copy, and the other two go to Ian and Nikki to give to their clients. And it really does have an impact and really instills hope for clients that are going through similar things that I went through. So you can come and see, I'm going to be at the back later, so you can come and see me at the end. And um, so a bit more about National Cap. I know you've heard more about Local Cap. Um, Cap started in 1996 by founder John Kirkby. He himself in the early 90s, he was a bit of a high-flying businessman, made a few unwise choices and just saw his whole world collapse and crumble um, around him. He lost his home, he lost his marriage, he lost his job and he ended up in a one-bedroom bedsit with his two daughters. And a bunch of Christians came into his world and they, they loved them and they accepted them and they included them in, in their lives. They uh, showed hospitality to them as a family. They would invite them around for meals and barbecues and John was just really overwhelmed by these acts of kindness and he went on a journey thinking, you know, why are these Christians, you know, doing that to us? And then a few months into that, he found out when he met with Jesus Christ and he really encountered the Lord's compassion and love and that really compelled John um, a year or two later to to start looking in the city of Bradford and the people that he saw that were struggling financially. He just had a heart to help them. And he came up with a money management plan that he wrote himself. And he started Christians Against Poverty with a £10 donation. And he started visiting people in their houses in Bradford. And he began to see... Um, their lives transformed as they began to journey out of debt, as they began to see depression and fear and anxieties and just the pressures of being in debt being lifted. But not just that, he would connect them then with befrienders and people from the local church who would then help them and support them and encourage them along on their journey. And then he began to see them respond to the gospel as well and come to church and, and get baptised and grow, um, you know, grow spiritually in their faith. And he had a vision then to see CAP services throughout the UK. And to cut a massively long story short, 22 years later, we now have 600 church-based CAP services all throughout the UK who are serving the poor and saving the lost. We have 300 debt centres. And every year we see 3,000 people begin their journey out of debt. Five years or six years ago, we saw that there were lots of causes and reasons why people would end up becoming in debt, such as unemployment, addictions, and just general lack of life skills. So we set up CAP Job Clubs, and we equipped churches to run job clubs throughout the UK. And every year, we see 25% of our members finding work. Then we set up Fresh Start, which is a, an eight-week course where we equip people with the tools to overcome their life-controlling habits. 
And every week we're hearing stories of people who have reaching goals, people who have overcome their addictions, whatever that is to them. Then we set up CAP Life Skills a couple of years ago, which helps people to budget and navigate through the challenges of everyday life living on a low income. And our vision is to see full coverage in the UK for all our CAP services so that when somebody you know, picks up the free phone number to phone CAP to ask for help, we're able to say to them, we can help you. There's a church in your town, in your city, in your community that runs one of our services. We can help. Because at the moment, at times, we have to say, we can't help. And we have to signpost them elsewhere, which they will get the practical help elsewhere, but they're not going to get to hear about Jesus. Every year, over the last five years, we've seen approximately a 1,000 of our clients say yes to Jesus Christ, give their lives to the Lord. Yeah, that's worth a clap for sure. That's amazing. I've got a bit more time now, so I can relax. More clapping's great. Um, since CAP started, we've, we've, got, um, we've seen 8,000 of our clients indicate to us that they've started that relationship with Jesus Christ. And every single time we hear of a story of a client and their family coming to faith, okay, at head office, you might have heard this, we have a fire alarm bell, and we ring that fire alarm, and we all stop working, all 250 of us at head office, and we pray for that family and we pray for breakthrough and that they really embrace the life that Christ has for them. God has done and he's doing an incredible thing because churches like Kings are going beyond the four walls of the church and putting Jesus on display. And if you want to find out more about um, CAP and read the full story, you can read Nevertheless, some of you may have read it. It's probably the most inspirational book you will ever read, next to mine, of course. And, uh, and it tells you the journey of CAP, how it started. Incredible, really faith-building. Um, today, you'll find out a bit later on how you can get a free copy and take one of these with you. Um, so this morning, I want to look at how both individually and corporately, you can be more effective or better in putting Jesus on display in your everyday as you take people on a journey towards an encounter with Jesus Christ. And the title of my message this morning is, Who is Lying on Your Stretcher? And I'm going to read from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, the story of the paralytic who was brought to Jesus by his four friends. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Several days later... He returned to Capernaum, and the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the city. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there wasn't room for a single person more, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher. They couldn't get to Jesus through the crowds, so they dug through the clay roof above his head and lowered the sick man on his stretcher right down in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw how strongly they believed that he would help, Jesus said to the sick man, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the Jewish religious leaders said to themselves as they sat, as they sat there, What? This is blasphemy. Does he think he's God? For only God can forgive sins. Jesus could read their minds and said to them at once, Why does this bother you? I, the Messiah, have the authority on earth to forgive sins. But talk is cheap. Anybody could say that. So I'll prove it to you by healing this man. Then turning to the paralyzed man, he commanded, pick up your stretcher and go home for you are healed. The man jumped up, took his stretcher and pushed way through the stunned onlookers. Then they praised God. We've never, ever seen anything like 
this before. So here we have Jesus in somebody's house ministering. And somewhere up the road, there's a paralyzed man who, through his own efforts, because of his limitations, he's not going to be able to get to Jesus by himself. But to save the day, four men filled with compassion, or four befrienders from King's Church filled with compassion, they're compelled to get this person to Jesus. They become his stretcher bearers. And of all of our CAP services are vehicles or stretchers that enable our frontline workers like Ian and Nikki and the amazing volunteer team who serve faithfully to act as stretcher bearers where they can carry their clients on a journey through practical help, through relentless loving, by giving their time, by being a listening ear and praying and acceptance, creating every opportunity for an encounter with Jesus Christ. I'm sure you can think of people in your world, think of your journey right now, your journey to faith, your journey that day when you made that decision to become a Christian and the people that were your stretcher bearers that helped carry you to that place. So from this story, I want to look at five things that made these four men's reaching out, their evangelism effective and what will make yours as well. And the first thing I want to look at is the power of compassion. These four men demonstrated compassion. Compassion is love in action. A compassionate heart is vital when it comes to effective witnessing. Everything Jesus did came from a place of compassion. If you read the Gospels, how many times does it say Jesus was moved by compassion or he was filled by compassion? And it always resulted in an action or a miracle taking place, whether the, I don't know, the sick were healed or the hungry were fed or those who society rejected were loved and accepted. Jesus taught people the way to eternal life because he was so moved by compassion. He saw how lost they were like sheep without a shepherd and they needed direction. Compassion fueled Jesus' ministry. Compassion is where it starts. It's when you pick up the stretcher. is when you walk through the doors of a client's home. It's when you offer to take them out for a meal, maybe a coffee and a cake, but not as a client, as a friend. It's when you see a practical need and seek to meet that need. It's when you give a parcel of food over. It's when you give a hamper at Christmas. It's when you see a new face at church and invite them back to your house for dinner, showing hospitality to strangers. It's biblical. I'm not just saying this, in relation just to cap, okay? This is relevant for everything and everybody and whatever ministry that you're part of. or in the, every, Everybody needs to see a demonstration of God's love and kindness. See, compassion is when you allow the love of God to captivate your heart. And out of that, compassion will flow. You begin to see people as Jesus sees them. It provokes you to action. Last night was a true example of that, putting on a free event for clients to come out. Some probably haven't been out for weeks, maybe even months. Lovely meal, amazing entertainment. And, uh, and I got a free book as well. We were able to give 20 of my books out for free last night. Love in action. And doing these things, we're just carrying them to Jesus. And some of them met with Jesus last night. See, compassion is a powerful thing that shows off Jesus to a lost and hurting world. It shows the world that we care. Charles Spurgeon once said that compassion carves your name on people's hearts. It carves your name on people's hearts. Better than having your name carved on marble. And it's interesting because when I think about people who have really inspired me in my walk as a Christian or been influential in my life, one common denominator always comes to mind. They were people of compassion. 
Compassion moved these four men to action and they became intentional with their evangelism. So evangelism effectiveness, number two, the power of being intentional. To be effective in evangelism, we need to be intentional. It's not just going to happen. Jesus was intentional every day, everywhere he went. He was about his father's business, looking for every opportunity to touch somebody's life. These four men, they were intentional. They were going to do whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus, no matter what obstacles were in the way. And I, I love that. So they saw there was a need. They knew the solution and they acted. We set up our CAP services because we identified so much need and the effects of poverty in people's lives. And we came up with practical solutions that also created a platform for intentional evangelism. And it works. It really, really works. These four men were relentless in their efforts because they knew the potential of the outcome, despite how hard the journey was. But they didn't give up. They didn't give up, and their intentions paid off. See, evangelism, witnessing, isn't always an easy ride. It can be a difficult journey. It can be a long journey. But you know what? It's not giving up. It's really worth the frustrations and the discouragements that you get along the way and the obstacles. I'm so glad that my family didn't give up on me, that they kept on being intentional in their prayer and their believing that one day God would invade my world and bring the breakthrough that was needed. And absolutely love uh, your last term series on Bless. I listened to a couple last week um, as I was encouraged to by Richard. I'm so glad I did. It really did bless my heart and it really resonated with me and especially being an evangelist, obviously. And I was thinking if every church did Bless and every Christian watched that series, we wouldn't need to pray for revival. It would just happen, wouldn't it? We would see this world transformed by the power of God's love. So I really love this series that you've done. It's amazing. So I have a question I want to ask you this morning, or actually, I want you to ask yourself, who is lying on my stretcher? Who is it that person right now in your world that God wants you to be intentional with in reaching out to? could be a friend, a family member, a work colleague, somebody you meet down a hobby group, social club, neighbor, future cap client, maybe. Evangelism effectiveness number three, the power of expectant faith. These men had faith. They were expectant that they would get their friend to Jesus. Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Expecting faith moves the heart and the hand of God. I mean, their faith was demonstrated in their actions. I mean, they saw that the house was full of people and outside the house. But they probably knew that was going to be the case because wherever Jesus was, there were crowds. And they went prepared for the journey. They went prepared for that. They went prepared and equipped with the tools so that they could get their friend to Jesus. And they went with the tools to be able to dig through the roof to do that. And when you walk in faith, God equips you with the tools to make the impossible possible and to see the breakthroughs that you're going to be contending for, for your clients. These four men broke through the roof. They caused criminal damage to get their friend to Jesus. They broke the law, okay? Praise God, amen. I'm not saying go out and break the law and do cause criminal damage. Um, but the Bible does say, by all means, save some. So, yay. John Kirkby, relentless faith, his expectant faith, is the reason why CAP is where it's at today. And the reason why one day... Okay, heaven is going to be populated with precious people who may never have seen 
or heard the gospel otherwise. Hebrews says, isn't it? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. See, if you have a no one will be interested attitude, then you'll see little or no fruit. Our faith is imperative, really is in evangelism. And it's interesting that once the paralytic met and encountered Jesus, Jesus said to the four men, he acknowledged their faith, their faith, the four men's faith in relation to the forgiveness of sins for the paralytic. It's really, really key. That's really interesting. Evangelism, effectiveness number four, the power of being a friend, relational evangelism. There's something very powerful about being a friend because genuine friends do things that perhaps others wouldn't. These four men went the extra mile because they saw a potential life-changing opportunity. Jesus modeled this well. He was a friend to many. He showed the importance of hanging out with what some would call outsiders, social, social outcasts, the lost, the last, the least, the poor, the needy. He invited them into his life. He went round their house, he ate with them, he drank with them. He showed interest in them as individuals. He showed that he really did care about them. He would point out the treasure in their lives, not the trash. And he would seek to draw out that, that treasure so that they too could see their true value and their true worth. There wasn't a hidden agenda, but he just wanted to demonstrate the Father's love and be a good influence. Jesus offered friendship to Zacchaeus, a man who was hated by most, a very lonely man. Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, I want to be your friend. I want to come around your house, put the kettle on, get the custard creams out, and let's uh, have a chat. And we don't know exactly what conversation went on in that house, but we know that Zacchaeus had a heart change because he came out and he wanted to put all his wrongs right. It's amazing what happens okay, when we visit clients in their houses, the conversations that happen, the opportunities for prayer and encouragement. God shows up and does incredible things. If you've never been on a cap visit, make sure you, you get on one at some point. They are amazing. Jesus broke through social and cultural barriers to reach out to the Samaritan woman. I know you know this well. He showed love and acceptance to her. He quickly became her friend. He engaged in conversation with her. He didn't judge her. He turned what was a a natural topic into a spiritual truth that brought revelation to her heart. And her whole world was changed and the town where she came from. Jesus inconvenienced himself to go to the shores of the Gerasenes to reach out to the demon-possessed man, somebody who society had rejected. He was isolated, he was alone, he was depressed, he was in a dark place, he was suicidal, self-harming. He wasn't having a good day, let's be honest. And that's a story of so many of our clients that we connect with through, through the ministry. But Jesus came along to the shores of this man's life. Or somebody from King's Church came along to the shores of this man's life and just loved and accepted him and showed him that there was a solution to the mess he was in. And his name's Jesus. And I love the end of that story where it says that this man ended up being fully clothed and in his right mind. And he just wanted to follow Jesus. So we see physical needs being met, spiritual needs, emotional and mental needs. That's the power of the gospel. See, the world is crying out for true, authentic friendships. There's people on your street, your neighbours, work colleagues, social groups that you are part of who need a Christian to show them the way to eternal life. And it begins by you being friendly. The reason so many of our clients have come to faith 
is because of the friendships that have developed through befrienders journeying with them and supporting them and encouraging them through their journey out of death and through the other services that are part of. And they see the reflection of Jesus in their lives and they're just drawn to Christ, isn't it? Let your light shine before man so that they may see your good deeds and, and worship your Father in heaven. And so many of our clients, when they have the opportunity to respond, more often than not, they say, yes, I want what you've got. And it's amazing. When running the death centre in witness for five years, I couldn't have done my role without the team of befrienders and volunteers. Really, really couldn't have. And maybe today you've been thinking, or something's resonated with your heart, thinking, wow, I'd love to be involved somehow with a local death centre. Well, you can. And uh, there is a sign-up sheet at the back where you can put your name down and your email address or phone number and Neon and Nikki will be in touch and they will talk to you and tell you different ways that you can be involved because you might not have a time to do the full befriender thing but you might be able to give an hour or two every month to do something else. It might be that you're great organising something. Maybe you could go up to Ian and say, actually, the next client event that you're going to organise, let me do it. Maybe that you just want to serve at one of those events. You get a free meal. And uh, it may be that you've got a skill set. Maybe you're a plumber, maybe you're a handyman, maybe you're a car mechanic, and you're able to say, actually, Ian, if any of your clients are struggling with anything, I'm happy to give an hour or two a month. I had everybody, that I had a list of people, I'd phone up and say, oh, washing machine is broken down for a client. Are you able to have a look at it? And, uh, and they would, and if they could fix it, they could. If it was parts, then we would look at how we could meet that, that need. So really, the list is absolutely endless. Think right now about what you could do to bring to the cap table, so to speak. Speak to Ian, come to the table at the end and put your name down. Evangelism essential number five, the power of testimony. I believe that on the journey to Jesus, these four men would have been encouraging and inspiring the paralytic with stories of what Jesus had done, maybe had done in their lives, because testimony instills hope. When you share a testimony of what God has done in your life, it pregnates the atmosphere for the same to happen again in that person that you're reaching out to. And I love it when Jesus, when the paralytic encountered Jesus you know, spiritual needs being met. He had his sins forgiven, but also physical needs. And I love what Jesus said to him. Take up your stretcher and go home. And Jesus was saying, I want you to take hold now of the one thing that has taken hold of you, that has had a grip on your life. Now you've got a testimony to share. That thing doesn't have to have a grip on you any longer. And as Christians, we've all got a testimony. We've all got a story or something that God has done in our our lives that he's either rescued you out of, saved you from, brought you through, challenges that he's helped you overcome. It could be addictions. It could be something that one of our clients is going through. Okay, I'm sure our clients would be really blessed to hear that. Again, to instill hope, to believe the same for their situations. Testimonies are powerful, so, so powerful. Every single day, we get stories after stories coming through the head office of clients going debt-free, clients finding work, clients overcoming addictions, relationships restored, parents being able to put regular meals on the table for their children. People meeting with Jesus, knowing now there's hope. We hear stories of incredible miracles. And one of these stories I just want to share with you right now before we finish. So I'm just going to ask if the video could be played right now. Thank you. You can see it happening. You can see the water rising. You can see the the depth you're in. 
you know, trying to tread water, but there's nobody there. Nobody there. I tried refinancing, remortgaging, that, that's where debt started. I had um, an accident and I slept two discs in my vertebrae. So then I wasn't able to work. I was uh, diagnosed with degenerative disc disorder, number four and five, which means my two discs at the bottom just totally disintegrated. I used to have a bed downstairs because obviously I couldn't walk. I'd turn myself on my side, bring my knees to my chest, fall onto the floor, crawl into the downstairs toilet, get myself up that way. It took me about half an hour to go three or four metres. You go to bed at night crying, praying you don't wake up because you can't cope no more. You're not eating food, you're eating dog food. You know, you're scraping the bins at back of Tesco's to try and find something to eat because you've got nothing. I found it very easily to consider suicide, but it was a fault of my children. That was the only thing that brought me back from that despair. I can't leave my children without a dad. I was introduced to CAP. A gentleman called Tarek turned up. And that was the very first sign of hope that I had. I gave him all my debt paperwork. We sat there for an hour and a half going through all the paperwork, what debts I've actually got. And he says, let's do it. Don't worry. We are here to help. You know, I thought, oh, wow, okay. Just that reassurance of somebody being there who's listening. So we, you know, we'll sit down together, go through what debts I actually have, the list all my debts, send it off to Bradford head office, contacting my debtors for me and make an offer on my behalf. Now I know there's no other service out there that does that. Nobody comes out to you and helps you. So at that evening, Terry and Jonathan prayed. I was like, yeah, right, whatever. And I started getting tingling. And then one morning, I didn't think about it. Just got out of bed, walked to the toilet. And I just realised what I'd done. I physically got out of my bed which I haven't done for 18 years without falling on the floor and walked to the toilet three days after Jonathan laid his hands on me so who am I to say all I know is I know that Jesus has done that freely and unheartily I says to him I want to be your disciple and in the October last year I was baptised so I declared debt free six months ago because of cap. Oh, the power of that to be out of debt, to be told you are debt free is such a gift. It really is a gift to owe nobody nothing. I mean, it's the first time in my life I've not owed anybody out. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I've never known it, which was fantastic. Wow, I will never lose the impact of seeing a life transformed when hope walks in. 
I just want to take this opportunity on behalf of everybody involved in Christians Against Poverty to say a huge thank you to you, our partner churches. Without your faithfulness, without your heart for your local community, or your love of the poor, your generosity, your desire to make sure that the poor are at the top of your agenda, no life will be changed through the work of CAT. If you're running a debt centre, I hope you're inspired to see those clients going debt free. If you're running a job club or a fresh start or one of our life skills courses, whatever you're doing, whether you're running the courses, whether you're just volunteering, whether you're a support worker, whether you're a giver, whatever you're doing, listen, I want to say thank you. Thank you on behalf of CAP, but more importantly, thank you on behalf of the lives that are transformed as hope walks in. We could not do this without you. Hey, we've a massive journey here in the UK. We want to open new services right across our country in other churches and we'd ask you that you would consider later on if you would support the wider vision of Christians Against Poverty to reach as many as we can as fast as we can by becoming a regular giver and joining tens of thousands of others that have made Christians Against Poverty possible. So thank you, thank you, thank you. What a story, eh? Very powerful story of God's incredible, amazing grace. And Stuart's story is just one of thousands of our clients who have been impacted because a Christian showed them what it was like to be a true, authentic Christian. And again, ask yourself that question right now. Who is lying on your stretcher? Who is it in your world who could do with a friend who maybe needs a miracle, who needs an encounter with the one who can really make the difference Jesus Christ. Jesus has put you on display to let your light shine in your world, in your sphere of influence to people who perhaps may never come in contact with another Christian. I hope you felt challenged by my message this morning, really inspired by the work of CAP, have you? And I just want to end by saying, if you have been inspired by the work of of sort of national CAP and you're thinking, how can I find out more about CAP? Then there is an opportunity to do that today. Christians Against Poverty wouldn't be here if it it wasn't for um, the faithful prayers of Christians all over the world and the 6,000 volunteers that we have who serve our partner churches like Kings and, of course, our frontline workers who do their job so well. We wouldn't see the amount of lives changed as we do so of course, you can pray. Please pray for us. And you can be added onto our monthly newsletter, our sort of mailing list today, by picking up one of these forms at the table. Some, there might be some on chairs. If there's one near you, could you pick one up, please? I know quite a few went earlier. And where it says my details, if you just want to be put on the mailing list, we don't bombard you with stuff, by the way. I think it's one email a month. But they're all inspiring stories like Stuart's and and prayer points for that month. You can just fill in the details. And if you fill in the details and bring this to the back, if you haven't got one, there's some of these on the back table you can fill in. We'll give you a copy of either Nevertheless or Journeys of Hope, which is 12 stories changed by God. These are 12 client stories, really powerful and inspirational stories. And if there are some left over, you can just take two copies. And the same today, if, if can I ask you, you know, maybe today you're in a position to actually partner with Christians Against Poverty financially and sign up to our Life Changer program. We don't get government funding or it's very limited because we promote the Christian faith because we 
you know, unashamedly, you know, promote Jesus Christ in everything that we do. So that does limit what we can apply for. And by joining 30,000 other people who give regularly to this work because they believe in what we do, because they see the fruits of what we do, it really can make a difference. It really does make a difference. And the amount's not important, but it's the multiples of the small amounts that really make a difference. So if you're in a position today to give 5, 10, 15 pounds, fantastic. If it's 1 or 2 pounds, it's great, all these amounts. Okay, make a difference. And again, you can fill in the full form and hand it to the back and get a copy of No Nevertheless or Journeys of Hope. Or if there's two, enough for two copies, you can take two. They are fantastic. And I just want to thank you on behalf of Christians Against Poverty for your support, for your prayer, for your financial giving. I know some of you have been given for many years to cap. And I just want to say maybe you're in a position today to add a few pounds to your life changer at the moment and you can do that at the back so thank you so much for what you're doing you know together i believe we will really see this nation changed by the power of god's incredible love amen